0: Welcome to another edition of Anglican Unscripted. This is episode 620. I'm Kevin Coulson.
1: I'm George Conger. Today is September.
0: What is today? Uh, 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 It's the 22nd. It's good enough for me. All right, welcome to another edition of Anglican Unscripted, and we're throwing the script out this week. I took no notes in our pre-show. We're just going to go and talk about everything from politics in the U.S., which is, ooh, tense, creed, ah, and uh, uh, stuff going on in the church, all COVID-related because that's just what's going on in in the the country in the world in politics and in the church um, we are just north of Bethany Beach here in Delaware at a state park called I better look this up real quick uh, Delaware Seashore State Park we set up the camper last night and you know when you're too close to the sea it gets a little windy this isn't the sound where we live in uh, Long Island or just north of Long Island George this is right on the the windy ocean and uh, I was gonna go for a bike ride last night but the temperature may have said 65 but that that windshield is probably 35 so we're saving the bike ride right for this afternoon what are you doing
1: i am still recovering from my surgeries and oh. these people who get tattoos i don't know how they can stand it i've got four different sets of scar of uh, stitches on my body and it hurts like it feels like i've been punched my <laughs> shoulder my stomach my man uh-huh. I don't know how these people can do this stuff to their body I mean ah so I'm mildly in pain which I'm sure some of our viewers are taking great
0: very happy you about. know you take your shirt off you look like Frankenstein it's okay no big deal you know it's you know part of being a host on Anklan Scripted is we go through lots of trials to make ourselves closer that no, we don't make ourselves God draws us closer to himself um lots of news going on and before we yes
1: I I just wanted to say oh I'm sorry please I I interrupted the most important part of the show go ahead Kevin what were you going to say about
0: Uh, uh, oh uh, like uh, uh, oh yes like the show and share the show and please comment you guys are the best commenters ever of any audience on YouTube and we know that because we go and read your comments and if you have not subscribed yet please subscribe to the show George onto you you were going to say
1: Somebody who's wished just a great deal of pain has done something really, really smart. Uh (laughs) I want to talk about GAFCON UK. Last week, we uh, talked about a letter sent out by GAFCON UK to its supporters where they said that we're looking at our long-term financial viability. And in in response to that, we got a number of emails from GAFCON UK supporters saying, what's going on here? Are they about to go under? And we raised that issue. Well, GAFCON UK has since put out a new letter that has turned lemons into lemonade. I gotta give them credit. These guys <laughs> <good>. are smart. <laughs> and what they did is they released a letter, uh, I believe it was yesterday, where they said Anglican Unscripted, uh, which they called a very fine show that you must watch. So, oh man, they you, flattering and here. buttering us up pointed out the very real need that we have to raise money to really fight the good fight. And then they gave all these giving levels and everything. So kudos to the sophistication and the intelligence gonna, sure. of the leaders of Gafcon yeah. UK to take it. A not so great situation where like everybody else in COVID, they're hurting for money. Sure. But instead of... Here's the kicker. Instead of doing the normal hit the messenger, kick back, oh, well, these people are so mean for pointing out our problems. They own their problem and then turned it around. Here's an opportunity to make GAFCON UK strong, powerful, life dynamic, plus show those stupid Americans they don't know what they're talking about. So yeah, i got to give credit yeah. to GAFCON UK. in
0: in seriousness yeah I I have to agree with you there that it was a well written letter Uh, it was exciting to read and I'm getting toward the bottom I'm just waiting for them to offer war bonds or something but you know it was a nice fundraising letter and uh, it takes a real situation and presented it in real and we couldn't get an honest answer from our many sources and so we went with last week's program we got an answer after the program was recorded on Friday was it Friday I don't know what day it was and we, we put it out and you know th- the rest is history so uh, we do hope you guys give to GAFCON UK and we do hope it's a uh, a thriving organization uh, for what God intends it to be uh, George there's lots of here, here, yeah.
1: here, here's something why do the English or the British shine when things are about to collapse on them their best hour was <laughs> Dunkirk we just Dunkirk. had the 75th anniversary of the battle That's of right Britain. sure they do great otherwise they just sort of muddle along and go from crises to crises but when it really gets bad they seem to be able to pull one out and GAFCON UK did that. I
0: know absolutely agree. absolutely agree. Um, Now we're going to delve here into politics okay and George and I are not political commentators uh, to the degree you're looking for we don't we would never be on Fox News we would never be on MSNBC or CNN uh, Commentators
1: as yeah. people arrested for doing things that we yeah, should so that, so probably make that. Yeah, you
0: if you're looking for a great com- Molly Hemingway, a person I've had on the program before, is a great commentator and political analysis. George and I are not that. And in fact, if you love President Trump and you think he is the second coming, I get it. I get it. I I I, I see. Um, how you are seeing what's going on and you like what's happening. If you hate Trump and you think he is the Antichrist, I, I get that too. I see how, you know, you, you, there's no middle ground. If you kind of like Trump, kind of don't like Trump, I don't see that. You, you're on one side or the other. So, you know, when we record these types of programs, we're going to talk about politics. If you... Georgia' gonna be very you know two-sided on this uh, so if you hate Trump you still have to watch the program if you uh, love Trump you still have to watch the program because we're gonna not offer a middle opinion but present news on both sides of this and we have something brand new happening it's called my last wishes uh, if you don't know, uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg has passed on and she told her granddaughter uh, her last dying wish was not to have President Trump choose her replacement oh that's sweet and I get it I if I were Ruth Bader if I were if I were Justice Ruth I would not want Trump to choose my replacement um so i totally get that this is the this is the the two sides we run here and uh now i don't know if i trust the granddaughter for what she's saying but it it, it is what it is and so george we are now at the point where the church and especially the episcopal church has has put out a statement about the election and about this, this season uh can you tell us a little bit about that
1: well, it's the first pro-Trump statement I've ever seen the presiding Bishop like make. It is! And it's pro-Trump in that he is accounted as a human being. <laughs> Usually the Episcopal church refused to him as he who should not be named or uh, that vile man in Washington or that political huckster or whatnot. Well, presiding bishop Michael Curry did the right thing. Great job, Michael Curry. He put out, and he Michael Curry is a good old fashioned li- limousine liberal. He is what he is, yeah. the man of his time and his generation, and so on. And he does not care for Donald Trump, he doesn't like Trump's policies, all this and that. But he put out for him a very balanced, there are two sides. You know, evaluate them carefully ask yourself what Jesus what how would Christ view these situations and he didn't then do the what I would call the Catherine Jefford Shorey bit which is have the cat walk in front of the uh, screen at this time. <laughs>
0: That's uh, cute. We got to go, keep that. Scoot, scoot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> with the claws in my chest.
1: The uh, which, which is and Jesus would do what the Democratic Party would do. He didn't do that. No he didn't so he offered up and then he went on to say that episcopal bishops in the episcopal church never ever ever endorse candidates now the only gene robinson was famous uh infamous for many things (laughs) including breaking that rule he endorsed barack obama actively campaigned for him Mm -hmm. and this was considered something you just don't do that gene well Gene had been doing so many things that you just don't do. I don't <laughs> think they cared anymore. No, it was- yeah. But we're sort of getting back into that uh, sense that the church must be a church for people of both liberal and a conservative political views. Not theological views. It must only totally be liberals.
0: Well, <laughs> but, no, but you could- Presiding Bishop Michael Curry could put that type of letter out because the entirety of the leadership in the episcopal church is liberal or uber-liberal and they want to think of themselves as being bipartisan you know and so you know if you're bipartisan name for me uh, by, uh, 10 bishops currently serving in the episcopal church who are pro-life who would show up at a pro-life le- rally no and name for pray? me Two yeah. different things. Name for I'm me. sure there are more than 10
1: who are pro-life, but how many will show up at a rally? That's the key.
0: That's the key. How, how many of them voted for President Trump?
1: Again, uh, we probably have many, many more than you would think.
0: But, but never admit it.
1: culture is yeah. not to... Uh, uh...
0: Well, if well, you are they... going to
1: break that rule, you break it in one direction on the mm-hmm. liberal side you too.
0: Uh, well the well, you said the culture the Episcopal Church is the original cancel culture if you stood up and you were on the conservative side in the 80s and and early 90s you slowly got yourself canceled uh, you were no longer invited to the meetings that you needed to be you were slowly put out of leadership the same has happened in the Church of England and so the cancel culture has existed in the church long before national politics
1: yes and no um because remember that uh, how come no one's ever cancelled me and I'm as obnoxious and (laughs) and opinionated as they come Uh, Well yes and no. We have to remember that there are a good number of episcopal clergy who had martyr complexes who were looking to die in a ditch Mm -hmm. or were looking for trouble. I remember you and I were at the uh, what was it Uh, not Cincinnati what's that other town in Ohio where the convention
0: was? Oh, Columbus.
1: Columbus. We were at the yeah. Columbus convention mm-hmm. that elected Catherine Jeffrey Shorey and after the vote I talked to John David Schofield, Bishop of San Joaquin, and asked him how he voted and he said he voted for Catherine Jeffrey Shorey as did John David uh, Jack Eicher did. But John David Schofield and another number of conservative bishops, active and retired, voted for Catherine Shefford-Shorey over Henry Parsley, a moderate from, from Alabama, so that the whole House of Cards would come down. They wanted to force things and bring it to an issue. So to then then complain about Catherine Shefford-Shorey being mean and unfair when you when she only won by one vote, she only beat Henry Parsley by one vote, be careful what you wish for. I mean if you try to fiddle the system eventually you may have a short-term win of the most obnoxious atrocious person is presiding bishop but then it's going to turn around and bite you uh, and this is what happened with these guys
0: I wonder if this is mimicking the the political situation we're in now with Trump uh, we'll see um, yeah it's I mean, uh, uh, Frank Griswold was
1: famous for protecting Keith Ackerman mm-hmm. putting him on the Commit. Keith Akin was on the standing committee of the Episcopal Church at one time under Frank Griswold. Griswold, who is a limousine liberal like no other, still had that sense of fair play and we need to at least make a token nod to diversity. Real diversity. Not uh, not the current fashions of diversity. So I'm not saying it's universal. Far from it. And most of the guys, second three tiers down, who got hammered, were hammered had nothing to do with them personally but their leaders did not do as good a job if the desire was to uh, reform the church from within they decided they were going out and they're going to go out in a bang
0: yeah well they did and uh, we've seen lots of little things and big things occur after that um in the news we saw some methodist news and they're kind of many anglicans in my mind uh so we may as well talk that the episcopal church and the liberal methodists are going to have a unity thing but maybe not what's what's the latest on that?
1: for years the episcopal church and the united methodist church is about talking about moving towards full communion such as the episcopal church has with the uh elca mm-hmm. which means that at the end of the day, it only means that Methodist clergy can get jobs in Episcopal Churches and church- Episcopal clergy can get jobs in Methodist Churches because we already have full communion because no Episcopal Church that I know of will stop a Methodist from coming up to the altar to receive Holy Communion and no Methodist Church will refuse an Episcopalian, so we have de facto communion. We're not just talking about jobs for the boys. That's what I thought, yeah well this was put on hold because the Methodists are in the middle of unwinding the United Methodist Church into a liberal and conservative branch and the Episcopal Church's Committee met with the Methodist's Committee working on this and they said well let's wait till you're unwound and what they didn't say which was probably the reason is we don't want these conservative Methodists uh part of our new show we want to wait till you get rid of all your bad eggs then we'll mer- then we'll have a uh full intercommunion. once you get rid of all your ACNA types.
0: Well now isn't this an opportunity for the ACNA types to uh, have full communion with the conservative Methodist then?
1: Certainly is. is I yeah. mean j- just uh, I don't know the full state of the North American Lutheran Church's ties. I don't know if they're in full communion or I don't.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: you'll have to talk to Ray Sutton about that yeah. and I'm sure Ray Sutton I don't know this because I don't talk to Ray Sutton like you do so I can therefore speak Not with, I can to speak and Kevin has to be quiet. I'm sure Ray Sutton is looking very hard and long at these Methodists who are withdrawing mm-hmm. and seeing what uh, the Anglican Church of North America can uh, do for them
0: mm-hmm.
1: as fellow brothers in Christ who have similar ethical and uh, doctrinal uh, similarities.
0: And a good history together. All right. Uh, trying to think of any like we threw this script out with this one remember that so we're, we're going off the top of our head. Any other news you can think of George?
1: Yes, the uh, church of the government in England has uh, forbid Irish Catholic families from gathering for dinner.
0: Yes, right. <laughs> well, it's nobody no over more than six, six right?
1: people can be gathered in a private home so if you've got six kids you got to have two upstairs mm-hmm. uh, until the first shift is done eating uh, dinner downstairs. Yeah. Uh, th- th- the from my outsider's perspective and full of an absence of knowledge um i read the i read yesterday more people died in traffic accidents than died of covid in the covid infection in britain Mm -hmm. yet britain is poised to go back under a new round of heavy-handed restrictions on gatherings and things of that nature one of these restrictions are no more than six people in a social setting and so i i've well, you say a, restrictions. Observing. Isn't
0: this just advice?
1: Well, it's guidance. Guidance. But see, the problem is the British character is they don't know the difference but see here's an American speaking. If the government gives me guidance, <laughs> if I want to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> that's right. Guidance only in an American context reinforces what you're already going to do or you ignore it. In mm-hmm. Britain, that's why Britain always had such a rough time from the EU E would put out these directives and guidance. And the Italians would say, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." The British would follow it to the
0: letter. That's right. Well, mm-hmm.
1: they have this guidance, and so the Church of England interprets guidance as, as being law. holy writ, set down from God. <laughs> they don't actually view the Bible as holy writ, set down by God. Yeah. But something put out by the uh,
0: health by department, the,
1: uh, National Health uh, Service, yeah. that is from God. So they're, they're, well, this is not a time to talk about the reality of COVID or this or that, because I'm no expert. But I do think that we've reached a point where there's such an exhaustion with the overreach of experts, of people who have been, you know, in the United States, the CDC is now looking me like a clown college, not the center for disease control. Hmm. First, masks were bad. In fact, they made it worse. Now they're required. It's spread by airborne contact. It's not spread by airborne contact. It's spread by toilet seats. It's not spread by toilets. Now I it's mean, eyes.
0: Now you. Now it, your it, eyes are your leading uh, cause of infection with COVID. Yeah, no, I. I we, that's why.
1: That's why climate change is dead because, you know, the science says well the science has been wrong continuously, and it changes uh, week by week.
0: In fact, it, it, have- if there if COVID was not going on and the, the press were not so focused on Trump, you would have read uh, three weeks ago this amazing climate scientist uh, step back. They put out this major paper and said, yes, all our forecasts were overreaching and using assumption data. And this is from one of those big German places where, you know, it, real scientists work (laughs) and you know one of these places is always you know always looking at the negative uh, news and climate science has finally came back and said well our models were over assumptuous and clearly if you look outside it's not as hot as we said the glaciers are still there and the Sun still rises and sets we're sorry about all that we will redo our models for our next set when we're fundraising next year it's like wait a minute (laughs) that would be well i'd probably never never make headline news because the news is all in for climate change but if it weren't for the single focus on trump and the single focus on COVID and the single focus on everything bad there was actually good news about climate change and it never made it never made it the papers it was so sad
1: so because the the rule of experts Mm -hmm. uh, the rule of science is is gone yeah because science has become as politicized as any other endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. Of you have, um, you have uh, scientists withdrawing papers uh, or downplaying their results if they're politically incorrect. Um, it's not just the social sciences which have always been a bit squishy but the hard sciences of uh, just pandering to the latest knowledge and this and that. Now, I'm not a virologist. I have no knowledge whether hydro- hydroxychlorine uh, is good, bad, indifferent. I know we both took it when we were in Africa for malaria. Uh, didn't do me any harm. Uh, I, and was, I, was, re-
0: I was constipated but whatever. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that you, you should get on MSNBC and That's share right. that and that'll be another reason <laughs> but the the, the the point being that you know the the scientific experts are seeking to scare uh, the opposite side not to say well there's a 30 percent chance or 40 percent chance it'll be effective it's either completely effective or it's completely poison Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I, who have taken this in the past sort of look at both sides saying no after I took this medicine I didn't just jump up and run a marathon nor did I drop dead
0: well you came back from one africa trip pretty sick but that had nothing to do with the medicine uh, that, that, that was dysentery that's, <laughs> that, was, that was, was really bad but that's it we've lost we've lost the middle george you we are so polarized color Tron- color I had cholera color, right. Right. we we uh, love that's why
1: this lovely complexion of mine tinges yellow
0: it does a little yeah see mine's done with light <gasps> white yellow mine Um, is blood pressure and color (laughs) so we're so polarized right now you love or hate Trump there's nobody says yeah he's okay nobody says he's okay it's the same with COVID you know you love or hate the treatment um, it'll kill you or it'll cure you kill or cure and there's just no middle ground anymore George we've lost that no, well, no, news to... journal, no news journalist puts out a two-sided story because every story has two sides at least mm-hmm. yeah.
1: part, part of this i've never had much patience with the evangelical wing who have said that trump is a bad as does bad things therefore you cannot support him politically um, i've never had much patience with that and it's not just political i mean whether uh, whatever Trump's politics are um, if you're the there's a strain of American thought that needs to deify uh, their their leaders or their workers uh, so we have this new thing with the replacement of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a judge uh, okay in 2016 the Republicans played hardball and didn't let Merrick Garland have a vote and now they're pushing uh, a vote for whomever president trump will choose and people are shouting hypocrisy hypocrisy and the republicans coming back well we had this rule and it still applies this and that and i have no problem whatsoever of the democrats and the republicans taking opposite viewpoints because i view this as a political act it is political it's a political act Mm -hmm. yet these people get so worked up about politicians being political it's because they invest or, in them some virtue.
0: Yeah, all politicians but, lie. They're, they're all Scott I mean all of a sudden-
1: <sighs> I mean there's such a naivete uh, among some, some people who insist that uh, you know Jimmy Carter was a very honorable decent man who never put a foot wrong morally in his life. Yeah, he was a, yeah. the first time I got to vote. <laughs> I voted against him because he was a rotten president. Yeah,
0: does not make you a difference? Jimmy Carter's
1: been married to uh, what's her name, Rosalind, what 60-70 hmm? years now. Ronald Reagan had been an actor and been married and divorced and you know, hmm? so on and so on and so on. Hmm. You know, if you want to talk, but at the end of the day, what did America need? It needed a man of Ronald Reagan's character, personality, gifts. It didn't need a man of Jimmy Carter's gifts. And maybe after going through the morass of of having had Lyndon Johnson and uh, Richard Nixon, you needed somebody squeaky clean like Carter to sort of cleanse the palate before you got back to work again.
0: It's no secret that I did not vote for President Trump. And I'm extremely pro life. And if after four to eight years of pro Trump, of the Trump presidency we no longer have uh, a million babies aborted a year I may have been not on board when I should have been you know if you want to look at the ends justify the means Wow well okay this is a great example um, for for abortion so I don't know George I don't know. It, once again, we're not the best political analysis. If you want church and Anglican and Episcopal analysis, this is where you go. It, it, well, we, there's a letter it, out there this it, week it that says a secularization
1: this. Secularization of yeah. modern life yeah. of where when you believe in nothing, you'll start believing in anything. That's right. I I think that was
0: uh,
1: Chesterton who said that. Yeah. I may be wrong. No, Probably I, am but if you keep your eyes focused on Christ, if you keep your eyes focused on the gospel message, if you keep your whole spirit and self focused what is important eternal unchanging the crap of life Republicans versus Democrats this that and the other is of such little consequence to the eternal verities of the message of salvation in Jesus Christ
0: I just from a historical perspective let's I want to step back with the the judicial nominee thing so far whenever a president has nominated the ultimate conservative this is the guy who or the lady who's gonna once again overturn something we don't like and we're gonna go back to legislative law and not uh, judicial law this this is the person when a conservative president nominates a conservative justice they usually are moderate at best which we just recently found out with the last two uh, supreme court justices coming from trump if i were the democrats i would not make a big deal of this because you're more likely than not not going to have the ultimate conservative judge come from trump or any other uh, conservative president, republican president. In fact if I remember the most conservative judges came from some uh, liberal or democratic presidents. Uh, and actually
1: the, the most conservative judges on the bench right now Clarence yeah. Thomas came from George H.W. Bush yeah. who so. was the mo- a moderate. He was not yeah. a
0: conservative. That's right. So <sighs> you never know George. George this show is gonna be eternal. We're almost up to 30 minutes. We need to cut this out. I'm Kevin Carlson.
1: And I'm George Conger, and you've just wasted another half hour of your whole life <laughs> with you'll never get it back. With Anglican's unscripted exit episode six hundred and twenty.